This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. We are just almost completed the liturgy of the word. In hearing the epistle and the gospel reading, in hearing God's words, we are commanded to put those words into action. Today, our Lord Jesus Christ did not speak to us in a parable, but in a true story. He knows the three people involved. He knows Lazarus, the poor man that suffers. He knows the rich man also. But they also know each other, Lazarus and the poor man. This rich man has no name. Imagine how we would feel if we were to be acquainted with somebody who lives in a family and they don't know our name. Not only are we offended, but we feel lonely. We feel separated. But Jesus knows Lazarus' name. At the end of the liturgy today, as so Father Mark graciously welcomed Father Jordan and I to be here to celebrate with you together, to celebrate God's glory, this time of joy, this time that indeed that we pour the words of our Lord into action. We'll pray. May your memory be eternal, brothers and sisters, worthy of eternal blessings. We ask God to eternally continue to remember our loved ones. You pray for them. We pray for them. But today, not being in the parable, we say here that the suffering of Lazarus, two so dynamically different people. It says Lazarus has suffered. He was poor and he what? He was a beggar. I don't know, but as I came from our nation's capital, it's amazing you drive down the streets and I can't tell you the number of homeless. One of our projects is we go on Christmas morning. Imagine 65 of our teenagers showing up Christmas morning, 7.30 in the morning, preparing bags for the homeless. We go to feed the homeless. And those 250 bags don't even cover a few blocks anymore. And even today, just yesterday I was driving, I saw tents pitched under bridges and other places. So are there beggars and poor people? Of course. Are they there because they deserve to be? Sometimes they are. Afflicted by addictions. Rejected by society. But are we to turn away from them? Or are we as Christ himself as he walked among his people? He didn't say, all the righteous come over here and I'm going to speak to you. He walked in their midst. He touched everyone who came to him. Sinner and saint. But yet today, this contrast of the rich man, he said he feasted sumptuously. Every day to him was a party. He was dressed in purple robes, the finest clothes. He lived in a palace. And yet he knew that outside his door was this man Lazarus, who was really the only companion Lazarus had was the dogs that licked his sores. It says he waited for the crumbs to fall from the rich man's table. Those of you who are from New York, as I grew up, that was dumpster diving. He would leave and go to find his trash and whatever food was left over because this guy had so much things left over that even it was enough to feed someone from the garbage he left. And it continues to say, and one day, the same day they both died, Lazarus was carried in heaven by the angels. 
says the dead man went to hell. In Hades there, he was separated not only from his worldly possessions, the things that brought him so much great pleasure, but he started to suffer. That separation meant that he had no longer contact with his friends. His five brothers, as we see later on, he came from a big household. But he said he looked up and he saw. And he saw Lazarus there comforting. Lazarus was joyous. How can a person, any one of us that live in this world when we suffer, be so gracious to God after we die? It's really not a hard lesson, but a great challenge for us to be thankful for the things we have. Never the Lord preached that because someone has wealth, we're condemned to go to, to Hades. It's just what we do with the gifts we have. It's that sharing of the gifts of life, the worldly things that we're to enjoy, and yet, as we hear the Great Commission, when the man said, when did I see you, Lord, that you were hungry and I didn't feed you? When did I see you thirsty and I didn't give you drink? When did I see you naked and didn't clothe you? Or in prison or sick and I didn't visit you? This rich man did neither of these things. Anything in his life except for himself. He was egocentric, always focused on himself and his own glory. Which is wonderful during this time of the world. But it's temporal. It doesn't last forever. And in Lazarus' misery, Lazarus never cursed God. We never see from the gospel or even from Christ's relationship that he separated himself from God. So he didn't have to get in his car to drive to church as we did this morning. Didn't take a shower like I hope almost all of us should have this morning. Didn't prepare to receive the sacraments, receive Christ. But he had God in his heart every day. He never allowed his suffering to take him away from God's presence. And that's why in eternal life, he shares that place where we say, a place, O Lord, of green pasture, a place where the pain and sorrow are taken away, paradise. Like in the funeral service, restore your servant God, we say, and we pray back to our original beauty. God receives us in his kingdom as the new Adam receives us holistically. And then it continues, and that's the challenge that we have. As I said to you, this is the liturgy of the word. We're to hear the gospel and not to only understand it as a story, but how do we put it into practice? How will we leave today in this beautiful church? How will we respond to God's word? Well, first, we need to share. We need to share the good news with others, brothers, sisters, and children. How often do we take time in our lives to share what God has truly meant to us? How your own private prayer and even your own struggles can see God's glory. I know that anytime someone is ill or sick, not only Father Mark, but anyone in the church is asked to pray for them. As a matter of fact, we're told as we do on Holy Thursday, Holy Wednesday, if someone is among you sick, call the elders. Let us pray and anoint them with the oil for healing. Sometimes our healing doesn't come physically. Our ailments don't even go away. 
and our suffering doesn't go. But the comfort that God gives within our deep, within our souls, in our whole personal being is what gives glory to him. You know, some of the saints, and most of them, especially in recent histories, they became saints because in their suffering, they saw glory. I'll share a story that I read a few years ago. One little lady, she was old, didn't have anything special. That's, the only thing special in life was that she had dedicated her life to become a nun. But she was less paralyzed and left with all many diseases. And yet people started coming, coming to see her. And as they would come, they said, you know, could you pray for me? I have cancer. Or pray for me, I have this disease and all. And when she started to pray, to try to lay hands on her, she could barely move. They were so touched, they go, I have come to receive a blessing from a person who's bedridden. But they saw the joy of God in her life that she expressed, and the willingness that she was willing to care for others. Their healing didn't come just physically. Their healing that they received, all of them, was spiritually. So that's our challenge I want to leave you this week. Receive this gospel with our ears. But most of all, put it into practice. This rich man laid all his treasures in the world. And he celebrated with the things that he had gotten in the world, but left void his treasures in heaven. Let us go every day of our lives to start laying our treasures into heaven, to see and to glorify God, to give thanks to God and to encourage others, not only in our suffering, but in our joy that Christ is in our midst. God bless you. Amen.